Super Talk Mississippi media production. In the Mississippi Legislature, Senate Bill 2145 funds health care for illegal immigrants. Call your legislator today at 601-359-3770. Ask them to stop Senate Bill 2145. It's not too late. You can help stop this. Paid for by Building America's Future. Welcome in, everybody, on this Thursday night. So glad that you are with me. I don't know what that was. So glad. It's like how my son talks. So glad that you guys are with me. And tonight, it's a simple topic. Uh, Conference realignment is taking over the sports world, more specifically, the college sports world. And I have seen and heard a lot of people, whether it be people on my side of things in the media aspect or just fans in general, saying that conference realignment, this version of it, is ruining the sport. So we're going to talk about that tonight. We're going to talk about that. Is it ruining the sport? My name, of course, is Michael Borky. Again, I'm very glad that you guys are with me. Let me get this shared and and get this out there and we can get started uh, tonight on the live stream. As you guys have probably noticed, I have uh, been a little less... Uh, sticking to my schedule lately. It's just been quite busy around the house, and truthfully, uh, it's July. Things will pick up and be more regular as the season gets closer. There's just a lot going on uh, in 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 the Borky house, and things are moving like crazy around here. But as the season gets closer, it'll be more regular and regimented. But for now, I appreciate all of you, any of you that actually uh, check this out and tune in. Of course, I would love to hear from you, like Zach, and I'll tell you what Zach's talking about here in a second. Um, I would love for you to comment. That's the most important thing to me is you guys being a part of this conversation. I don't want to just talk at you. I want to talk with you. Um, so please, drop a comment. Let me get this shared out, and we'll get started. Okay. Here we go. Again, I'm Michael Borky. Don't forget to subscribe if you have not already on YouTube. Like the video also. If you have not already, I would appreciate both of those things very, very much. And let's get started. Yeah, Zach says getting it all out of your system before the show tomorrow, huh? Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what. Uh, Brian Haydad, the very the, the, the wonderful Brian Haydad, who I, I will be honest with you. Behind the scenes is as nice and caring of a person as you could imagine. He is in my corner, and uh, I appreciate him very much for that. It, that is real. He's a real guy behind the scenes. He uh, he really cares about me, and although he's met her once, he cares about my wife, and I don't think he's ever met my son, but he cares about him too. Truly genuine guy. Um, he hates... This kind of conversation. He hates the NIL conversations. He hates conference realignment. He really just kind of wants to talk about his Bulldogs. And I love him for it. I mean, that, that's what makes him him, right? I'm on the opposite. I love this conversation. I think this is fascinating. I think it's interesting. It is the story in sports right now. But I promised, hey, Dad, if there was no new news at the end of show today, 
before three o'clock tomorrow. If nothing new is added, we won't talk about it tomorrow. That's the that, that's the promise I made to him. If nothing, if there's no new report, if there's no new news, that I promised Brian Haydad we will not talk about this tomorrow on the radio show. So if nothing happens, I got to get it all out of my system tonight so we can talk about it tomorrow. Zach, I am going to get, if you listened all day, I am going to get a little bit repetitive uh, because we did talk about this uh, a good bit today. And... Um, I will repeat some of, of my takes from the radio show, but I know not all of you listen to the radio show or all of uh, all of it. So I can't decide today, by the way, Zach, if we did a great show or a terrible one. I mean, we kind of bounced around and were loose, and I, I told some stories and had a couple of really bad teasers in there as well. It was one of those days. But again, it's, it's July 7th, you know? I mean, if you want us to just really just talk about Ole Miss and State, uh, every day for the summer and not deviate from just those two sports topics, uh, we would be miserable by the end of next week. So I tried to keep it loose. Hope it was okay for uh, for you guys. Um, yeah, no one hates conference realignment uh, more than the current game developers of the new NCAA. Luckily for them, they can uh, they can switch it up. A, a good bit. So I've got a couple of prepared thoughts. Uh, I'll start with those, and then I'll get to your comments. Uh, a couple of things that uh, I've been thinking about or, or whatever, and I want to share with you before we get into to the back and forth. Um, I'll start with this. And again, especially you, Zach, if you listen to the show today, you probably heard this rant already. Um, for those of you who are quote-unquote out because of what has happened lately in college football. Um, I I would encourage you not to be. Here's a couple of reasons why. First of all, I I have seen it from people in my business, like I said before. Uh, I've heard it from fans, but especially where I live, here in this state, the, the, the people that have said things like, this has ruined college football, or I'm out, I'm done, this has ruined it for me. My question is, why you? Why are you now out because of what's going on uh, in college football? Because right now, if you're an Ole Miss fan watching slash listening, or a Mississippi State fan right now watching slash listening, this doesn't impact you at all except for in positive ways. Conference realignment, this version of conference realignment, what's going on right now, uh, after USC and UCLA join the Big Ten and whatever follows that, whether it's Notre Dame joining the Big Ten, so the SEC adds North Carolina and Virginia, whatever comes from this, it only gets better for you in this case. So I have had an impossible time figuring out why the Ole Miss fan or the Mississippi State fan or the SEC or Big Ten fan is sitting back and thinking, you know what, I'm done, this sucks now. Nothing that has happened will do anything other than enhance your brand. Every single day that goes by, Ole Miss and Mississippi State and everybody in the SEC, except for maybe Vanderbilt because they're impossible to lift up, just by proxy, just by existing where they currently exist, are getting enhanced. Right now, this is great for you. It doesn't impact your conference. You are in no danger of moving at all. Don't listen. I I said this the other day to you guys. If somebody, if you're listening to somebody, whether it be podcast and radio 
or reading somebody who is talking about conference realignment and they talk about or mention or reference a team getting kicked out, a charter member of the SEC getting kicked out of the league, close out of the podcast, exit out of the column, you don't have to read or consume their content anymore. That's just a PSA for you. There is no reason for you to continue listening to somebody who suggests that or implies that or thinks that that is something that will happen. You you don't even need to bother listening to them anymore. You don't. So you're not in danger of that. This isn't impacting you at all. You're not going anywhere. Your conference is in great shape. It's in better shape than it's ever been. Your school, your brand is getting lifted up. This is better for you than it has been. I had somebody tell me today that they think that this is going to negatively hurt recruiting for for the two schools in Mississippi. And I, I couldn't disagree with you more, regardless of who the SEC adds. If it's Clemson, if it's North Carolina, if it's Miami, if it's Florida State, if it's Virginia, if it's Virginia Tech, if it's nobody, by default, your recruiting will get better because the number of teams that are viable on your tier are getting smaller because there are two brands right now, two conferences that you you can put on your chest and sell, and one is still better than the other. So no, are you going to be Georgia? Are you going to be Alabama? Are you going to be Texas A&M? You're going to be none of those people. But when you've got SEC on your chest, you are attractive, more attractive today than you were yesterday, than you were last year, than you were two years ago. It's only going to help you. You're only going to get richer compared to your counterparts across the country. Yes, the challenges within the league remain, but in terms of national standing, in terms of recruiting players that are being recruited by Baylor or TCU or Virginia Tech or whoever, you are more attractive now than you've ever been. So that I don't understand that part of it. Like why the people here are out. Why is this the the catalyst for you to give up on college football when this only enhances you? And the next thing is what, what I keep trying to tell people is come September 3rd, nothing will look or feel different. It's going to continue to be awesome. Are you telling me that when Cincinnati future Big 12 member Cincinnati, goes to Arkansas, a team with a handful of players that have gotten a few thousand bucks. You're not interested in that? That doesn't excite you? The unbelievable environment that's going to exist in Fayetteville doesn't draw you in? That when Notre Dame, by the way, Notre Dame's at Ohio State in week one, at 6.30 your time, when Notre Dame takes the field in Columbus, Ohio, you're not just completely excited about that matchup because Notre Dame might join the Big Ten and C.J. Stroud is driving a nice car that he didn't pay for, that's going to keep you from enjoying what that spectacle will be? I think you're crazy. So if this is what's causing you to give up, I encourage you to just give September 3rd a try and you'll see that, wait a minute, Nothing has changed. There's a lot of great games on. This is still pretty awesome. So that's number one. And number two, the topic of the video tonight, 11 minutes in, is conference realignment ruining college football. 
Um, I think it can. I don't think we're there yet, but I do think it can. I have long believed, and I have since changed my mind, honestly, that we are headed towards two mega conferences breaking away and leaving everybody else behind. I don't believe that's going to happen anymore. I think there's enough left over to maintain some level of of power conferences within the sport. Will whoever's left behind and how they look ever be the Big Ten and the SEC? Absolutely not. But I do think those will remain. If they somehow don't, if this does turn into two super leagues that break away and there's only you know, 42 of them and they play completely separate from each other, and I think that can damage what we love about college football or what makes college football great if that does happen. Although I don't think it's going to happen at least in that way anymore. Uh, the the Pac-12 and the ACC and the Big 12 have got to, uh, for lack of a better term, get their stuff together. They've got to figure it out, though. They, they, they can't continue to flail around like they have and form these fake alliances. And most importantly, they can't resist playoff expansion again, and they may not get the opportunity. But the one thing that I think nobody's talking about in this whole saga is how we got here. Everybody wants to point to greed. Oh, this is all greed. This is Texas and USC and Oklahoma being greedy. This is the Big Ten and the SEC being greedy. Maybe. But counterpoint is we move to better towns to live in better houses to take better jobs. So why should we shame anybody else for doing the exact same thing? But more importantly, that wouldn't matter had the alliance, had the Big 12 and the ACC and the Pac-12 voted with their mind and not their heart on playoff expansion. Because if they did that, then USC and UCLA can leave. And guess what? The remaining teams in the Pac-12 still would have gotten an automatic qualifier in the playoff every single year. The Big 12, same thing. Yeah, you can lose Texas and Oklahoma, but guess what? We get an automatic qualifier every single year. Same thing with the ACC. I could lose North Carolina and Virginia. Maybe Clemson or Florida State. Notre Dame will join a different conference, and we won't have them to play our teams anymore. But guess what? Our winner still gets to go play in the playoff. And most importantly, that playoff, if they'd have agreed to something new, would have had a new television deal where it would have guaranteed you more money. But they were so pissy, and they were so caught up in their emotions and their anger at the SEC for daring get Texas and Oklahoma, that they voted with their hearts, their emotions. They let their hurt, delicate little feelings get in the way, and they didn't vote what was best, not only for the sport, but for themselves, and they alienated the SEC away from them, and expansion didn't happen, and it probably won't happen again because Greg Sankey has said, I don't need to expand. I extended an olive branch. They didn't take it. Why do I need to get any more? They could have prevented all of this had they not been so in their feelings about playoff expansion. That's the one thing that nobody's talking about here, why this started and whose fault this is and where the Pac-12 could be had they just voted yes. 
where the Big 12 could be had they just voted yes. But now they look unattractive. They're scrambling. They're coming up with horrible ideas. They need to get their stuff together if they want to preserve some semblance of the college football that we know already. But the next thing and the most important thing and why I'm telling you it hasn't ruined it yet, I again, I think it could, but we're not there yet. Because ask yourself this, what have you lost? The college football fan out there has lost what? What have you lost in this current round of conference realignment? What have you lost? You've lost USC-Stanford, a game that you haven't watched. You have lost UCLA-Arizona State. What has changed about what your Saturdays are going to look like this fall? The answer for the college football fan is nothing. You haven't lost anything. Not yet. All of the games you care about are still intact. All of the rivalry games that make a big national impact will remain, right now, anyway. You haven't lost anything. Your viewership is going to look and feel the same. No, Southern Cal isn't going to play Cal anymore. But when's the last time you've watched either of those two teams play from start to finish? It's a little elitist, but let's be honest. The the West Coast has not given you anything compelling for how long? Oregon was a playoff team, and they got beat. Eight years ago, what has the Pac-12, the West Coast, given you since that day, since those days? Nothing. Nothing drawing you in, nothing compelling. What has happened now is for the casual college football fan, you have gained. Because now, instead of the USC-Arizona game that you wouldn't have watched, that you didn't watch, or the USC-Oregon State game that you didn't watch, You get USC-Ohio State that you will watch. USC-Michigan State, Penn State, Wisconsin. The casual college football fans' viewing schedule has been enhanced, has been added to. And I, I know some people who cover college football in particular have said things like, you know, we need the Pac-12. I'm going to miss Pac-12 after dark. It, it, it sucks for the sport. It's bad for college football because we won't get Pac-12 after dark anymore. If it was so popular, if it was so important to the fabric of college football, why did nobody watch it? Why did, why did nobody watch it? Why is the Pac-12 so unattractive to television networks that they don't pay anything for it? The ratings numbers on Pac-12 games are horrendous. They're terrible. Nobody watches. So if it's integral to keep the Pac-12 as it is, to maintain the fabric of college football, why does nobody watch? Why does nobody care? And what this could do is increase the number of casual fans that the sport has. And right now, it's kind of lacking in the casual fan. The diehards are there, but the NFL is so much more popular than college football 
because it draws casual sports fans in a hell of a lot more than college football does. So that uh, that is my spiel. And let's get to what you guys uh, have to say. Saints fan 04 says, with teams going to other conferences and making them bigger, does this help the chances of expanding the playoffs? See, that that's the, the biggest thing that, again, that I think nobody's talking about is it's not going to be proposed if Greg Sankey's involved. He's not going to propose 12. Why would he? Unless his conference gets six auto bids and the Big Ten gets six auto bids. I mean, I mean seriously, he... The SEC stuck their neck out for playoff expansion. They didn't need it. Clearly, they don't need it. They get one or two teams in every year. The playoff era has benefited the SEC more than any other era in college football. They have gotten more teams, more years, more different teams, more championships than the rest of college football combined. So why do they need to expand? There's no reason to other than Greg Sankey extended an olive branch. And they clearly, if you listen to him, they pissed him off. Why would he sit down at the negotiating table again with the Pac-12, a depleted version of it? Why would he? There's no reason to. I don't think expansion, the way that it was previously opposed, will ever be on the table again. Where it's six auto qualifiers and six at-larges, I don't think that's going to be on the table again. College football, specifically the non-SEC conferences, really screwed up when they voted against that. And that is why this is happening today. That is why. That is why Texas and Oklahoma went into the SEC. That is why. And nobody's really talking about it. Why don't you find a way to plug Furman in any conversations? Are you making fun of me? Because I plug Furman in like basically every conversation. I love my paladins, man. That's what that's what I grew up on. You can focus on the real important topics tomorrow, Zach says, like uh, poker in Vegas and uh, the NFL draft. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Coupe DeVille says, I like when you and Haydad are on the show because I feel like y'all interact with the text more than when Richard's on No Shade, though. Yeah, I, I, I find it very... To me, you know, when when I get my own show one day, whenever, wherever that is, um, listeners will be the the fabric of it. Because um, I want to talk about what you guys are talking about, you know? Why are people out? I don't know. It's a great question. Realignment happens and has happened all throughout history. In 60 to 70 years, there will be another big realignment. Always happens. Instead of 60 to 70, you can say 6 to 7. Yeah. I love when these people say that crap, Memphis Rebel says. Ole Miss and MSU can win six college football national championships apiece, and those talking heads will continue to say they need out. They'll never say it out loud, but they clearly hate Mississippi as a state. Yeah, and, and that's a lot of it here. And, and there are some people, I mean, look, joke's on me, right? I'm in sports talk radio. Uh, that's what I want to do with my life. Uh, of course, uh, a lot of that is TV as well, it's like radio, but also you're on television at the same time. Fine with me. Either way, as long as I'm allowed to have opinions. Um, there are a lot of people I've learned uh, in my business, specifically talk radio, that don't know what the hell they're talking about or don't know how this works. There is a particular SEC market that I know very well 
I, I know this particular SEC market. Well, there's no, it's not a college town, but it's a market that is a college football market that I know very, very, very well that has a couple of radio hosts on their flagship station that don't know a damn thing about how college football really works. They, they don't know anything about it. They have no idea how it works. And it's a shame. And that, that exists all over the South. It does. Um, there are still people that think that population, state population matters. It does not. Markets don't matter anymore. It's brand power. It's finances. It's how many people watch you. And so 10 years ago, Missouri was very valuable because that's how things worked back then. It was all about subscriber numbers and, and markets. So they added Missouri to get Kansas City and St. Louis. If the SEC were to redraft uh, Ole Miss and Mississippi State, but Ole Miss especially because of viewership and, and finances and stuff, they are ahead of Mississippi State. That's an objective fact. That is not a subjective opinion. It is objectively true that Ole Miss gets watched by more people than Mississippi State does. But both of them would get taken long before they even thought about Missouri moving forward. Um, Mississippi State is not as, again, State fans, I'm sorry. This is an objective fact. Okay, I looked these all up. It's an objective fact. Um, Ole Miss is a top 20 program in television viewership. It is a, a top 25 program in budget and revenue. So they make money and people watch them. If the SEC were to redraft, you would be surprised how many teams would get taken after Mississippi would. But but people still have this archaic way of thinking. Oh, well, Mississippi's not a big state, so we got to kick them out. They add no value. Like I heard that uh, guy in Baton Rouge talking about how Ole Miss ha- adds no value to the SEC. That is objectively false by any financial or viewership measure that you can find. It's objectively false. But people just say that because they either... And the whole concept of kicking charter members out, it's it's basically impossible to do. Like, you can't do it. It's, it's basically impossible. It's a non-starter. It's a stupid conversation to have. But people in my business, in this region of the country, don't know what the hell they're talking about. And that's why that happens. They don't know what they're talking about. They, they, they refuse... To, to look into anything, they refuse to think, they just kind of talk. And that's what they do. It's embarrassing. But, you know, joke's on me, right? Um, Ramsey says, if the SEC does get North Carolina, do you believe it'll have a combo package like Duke or with Duke from a basketball standpoint? I have seen people suggest that, that, that they're a, a tandem combination. Um Basketball does make money, so having the Duke basketball brand in your inventory is attractive to a television network. I, I don't know. I, I would find that to be underwhelming, truthfully, if in order to get North Carolina, you have to also get Duke. I would find that underwhelming, but I think Duke would be a moneymaker, which is what matters the, the goal in expansion is not adding good football teams. That's not the goal. Somebody today said to me, why would the SEC, and we were just talking about Notre Dame, it's probably not going to happen, but just having fun talking about the, the possibility of Notre Dame, 
They said, well, Notre Dame's not going to be as good in the SEC, so why would you want them? Who cares? Honestly, you'd rather have a handful of teams that you can beat, right? (laughs) You, You would like to have a couple of wins on the schedule as long as they come with more money. It's not about adding good football teams. North Carolina, I believe, is more attractive than Clemson because North Carolina would bring more money, and that is the most important thing. Memphis Rebel says, yeah, instead of uh, the Power 2 or the Power 5, it'll probably be Power 4. I, I, 4 or 3, probably 4 for continuity purposes, uh, balance, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I, I think that one one of these conferences is going to fold. Whichever one plays this the worst is going to fold, I believe. Coop says, the one thing I do not like about big conferences is that it does not fix the issue to a point of playing at all the venues in your conference within two to three years. Um, You can adjust the schedule to make it better than what it currently is still, even with adding a couple of teams. Yeah. Uh, Zach says, 199 schedule. Hey, I'd be in. Whatever, man. Mix it up as much as you can. Ramsey, I I think the playoff will expand, but I don't think the six auto bids plus six um, at-large is is going to be on the table ever again. I don't think it'll ever go down like that again. Never again. Do I think if the SEC never announced that OU and Texas were joining, the college football playoff would have been expanded? Yes. Yes, I, I absolutely believe that the other conferences would have voted yes if uh, Texas and Oklahoma were not joining the SEC. How many games does Kermit the Frog have to win next year to be safe football fan? I don't know. Um, Most people believe it's tournament or bust. I don't think it's that simple. Um, Like, you know, if they're on the bubble and they're playing well and, like, they have an injury or two, but they're really competitive and fun – and they don't make the tournament, but they were damn close. He's probably coming back. Um, but most people believe that tournament or bust is what it is. Coop also says, do you think that playing 12 Power 5 schools on a schedule, if there are super conferences, hurts? Mark Stoops said that playing a 10-game SEC schedule hurt his team in depth and injury. And also, I, I do here, Memphis Rebel, I can bring up Furman. Um, programs like Furman need the buy games or else they won't exist anymore. And I would like for small college football to continue to exist. And so if they just played 12 Power 5 games, you would see athletic departments eliminating football and other sports. And I don't want that to happen. So Scott says, do I think anyone will truly realign or is everyone overreacting? You cannot add a team from the ACC with their new TV deal, not worth it in the buyout for 10 plus years. Somebody's going to find it worth it. Trust me. Teams from the ACC are leaving. It may not be this year. It may not be next year. They're leaving because it's going to get to a point where over the next 14 years, where they're still getting $30 million a year from the ACC and Vanderbilt's getting $110 million from the SEC. And they will be, over the 14 years left on the deal, a billion dollars short of Vanderbilt. They know that that's how that's going to happen. They're going to get out and they're going to find a way out. 
they're going to find a way, whether it's they just pay a buttload of money uh, with a negotiated lump sum or, or whatever, or they lawyer their way out of it. They're going to find a way out of it. They Somebody in the ACC is going to find a way out of it. It's going to happen. They're going to find a way. Yeah, and college football already, Coop, needs to add two bye weeks. They need to add two bye weeks already. Why not? Expand your inventory. Make your season last a little bit longer. And it's better for your players. It's safer for your players. It makes the, the product better, in my opinion, truthfully. It, it, it makes the product better. So add another one. Pirate says Pac-12 showed their true colors during COVID. Um, Texas, I think you mentioned before, seven ACC teams were needed to break the TV deal. They need eight. Eight are needed to break the deal. Or um, there's a couple of other ways that they're able to do it. Like if they were to add teams, I think that could disrupt it as well. They could buy out of it, which would be, you know, a nine-figure endeavor. Um, Four to the SEC, two to the Big Ten, and just need one more to defect. You will get to that point, though, where you're adding teams just to add teams, and I do not foresee the SEC doing that. I don't think the SEC is going to add just to add. They're only going to add what creates more monetary value, and they will stop when they feel like that has stopped. They're not going to risk giving less to their teams and bringing in less and having smaller pieces of that pie. They're not going to add just to add if they fear that that's going to happen. It will only be somebody that will add value. And I don't know if there's eight teams in the ACC that do that to two conferences. I really don't. I think the that league's best path forward is merging or partnering with the Pac-12 so they can blow up their deals and the teams that want to get out can get out the, the two or four of them or possibly six that that get out uh, are able to and then they renegotiate that way and try to save themselves because I think North Carolina, for example, is gone regardless. They, they are gone. So position yourself in the best way to manage and handle that when they uh, when they are. You say I don't listen to every show. Well, I, I thought you were making fun of me. I thought you were making fun of me. I do reference them in basically every show, though. It's uh, it's kind of a, a crush of mine. Scott also says the only Pac-12 after dark watchers were the people still excited from their teams win. The people drinking their sorrows or college bars that kept the game on. Very small number of people. Swing games for Ole Miss and State. I, I'll, I'll do that next week. Remind me. I'll do that next week because I, I like that idea and I want that to stand on its own, if that makes sense. Because I, I like that. I think that's a whole like content item. Uh, so, yeah. Duke screams Big Ten to you. You know, North Carolina screams Big Ten to me too. Um, they're going to be coveted by both. You say I was out in Seattle last fall and was surprised by so many people in the bar interested in watching Ole Miss. This game was on all TVs. It was cool to see. The The ratings back that phenomenon up. They, they do. They absolutely do. For whatever reason, it's true. It's a, it's a top 20 watched program in all of college football. That's ahead of Clemson. It's ahead of Tennessee. It's ahead of their in-state rival. It's way ahead of Missouri. It's ahead of Iowa. It's ahead of Southern Cal, ahead of UCLA, a lot of name programs. It, it's kind of 
it's kind of bizarre, but it's how it is. Scott says, to kick a charter member out, don't you need a vote by all other charter members or like 13 of the 14? I believe it's more than 11, 11 or more than 11. It's not something that's going to happen, though. It, it, it's not going to happen. It will not happen. It will never come to a vote. If it did come to a vote, the league office would make sure it did not happen, but it never would. It's not even a conversation worth having beyond just talking about how stupid it uh, it really is. Yeah, William, uh, and I appreciate you listening to the radio show too, my friend. Um, yeah, the SEC right now is two birds in the bush, and life will find a way. True, absolutely true. With the addition of UCF, Coop says, BYU, Cincinnati, and Houston to the Big 12 next year, do you see Texas and Oklahoma coming to the SEC early to avoid playing those teams? This could change. I don't think they're going to. I think they're going to play out the next couple of years uh, in the Big 12. I mean, the the earliest I think they'll play an SEC schedule is 2024. It's just so expensive to get out of that. It doesn't appear that they're needing to rush to pay that. I could be wrong, but I think they're going to be – you're going to see a Texas road conference game at the bounce house in Orlando or at Houston, like that, that's going to happen. Yes, I believe Missouri stays in the SEC. The only way they do not is if the Big Ten extends an invitation and they get smart and join them. Would the ACC try to get West Virginia? Only if they lose teams would they give that a shot, I would believe. That's just a guess, though. And finally, I think before Miami tries to get in the SEC, they need to build their own stadium. Well, that's, that's never going to happen. Majority of the SEC fan bases would take over Hard Rock. Well, that would be similar to Vanderbilt and Nashville, right? I mean, Miami's not an SEC town. It will never feel like it at all. Um, I do think that would be a fun addition to the conference, though. Look, I know it doesn't fit. I know it's not a college town. The stadium's not on campus. I get it. I get it. I, I Truly, I get it. But if you got to go to Miami once every six years, wouldn't you do that? How much fun would that be? If you and all your buddies from college hopped on an airplane out of Memphis and went to South Beach for a weekend to go watch your team play football, I think that would be awesome. Like, like, why would you pass that up if you were given the opportunity? I know it doesn't fit within the league at all, but having Miami in your rotation of road trips would be pretty freaking awesome. It would be a lot of fun to, to do that. Uh, I mean, think about all the bachelor trips that would go down for the Ole Miss or State game in Miami. I mean, it would be incredible. Memphis Rebel says Ole Miss has been able to recruit good players for their historical basketball standards. They just can't develop for whatever reason under Kermit. Yeah, they got a top, what was it, the number 55 player in the country today. Um, I said this on Twitter. Uh, I'll say it here as well. Um, I don't know about this individual case. I don't know why he's going to Ole Miss. I don't know what the NIL situation with him looks like. I don't know. But generally speaking, players like him, again, the number 55 player or so in the country, because of players like him, it exposes how wrong the people are when they say that the collective should not invest in basketball. This is why. Because are you going to get the lottery pick, the surefire five-star lottery pick? Probably not, ever. You're never going to be Kansas. You're never going to be Kentucky. You're never going to be Duke. You're never going to be North Carolina. You're not going to be Arizona. You're not going to be Gonzaga. But you can 
get a top 75 kid, a couple of them. If you invest in your basketball program and they have shown that they are willing to do it, and because they have shown that they are willing to do it and that they have the funding to do it, recruiting is going to pick up and you can have a competitive basketball program. And I'm telling you, having a competitive basketball program is not only really freaking fun to have, but it's a financial benefit to your school on multiple different levels. And it doesn't happen around here often, but an NCAA tournament run in basketball kicks, you know what? It's awesome. It's so much fun. It just doesn't happen enough for you guys to realize how cool and fun that is. So when somebody says the collective shouldn't invest in basketball, I think that's a, honestly, it's just a bad way for the program to operate because now that you've shown a willingness to do it, look at what the results are. Your collective has invested in basketball. And look at what the results are. The Pirates says, I can remember from 95 to 2010, Humphrey Coliseum was probably sold out every night. If they put a good product on the product on the floor, people will come. Thank you. Basketball, even in this state, is so much fun. And you don't even have to be great. You just have to be competitive and fun. And I think Chris Jans is going to bring competitive and fun to Mississippi State. And Ole Miss's roster, at least, has a couple of guards that are worth the price of admission every night. The collectives investing in basketball, even in this state, is a good investment, and we have seen in the past why it is. Memphis Rebel says, you may be able to once every 15 or so years with a good coach. Yeah, you get the right coach with the right connection. Maybe you get one of those lottery picks, and then that changes your program forever. But you don't need it to be competitive. You don't need it to make the tournament, which is which is the goal. Um, and today, Ole Miss getting that pickup shows exactly why the collectives need to invest in basketball. Exactly why. Coop says, bold prediction, State finishes top three in the West and beats A&M, Arkansas, and Georgia? Or are you saying one of those teams? Because if they beat A&M, Arkansas, and Georgia, then they're competing for the national championship. <laughs> You know how much fun it would be to to have the Mississippi schools beat Texas A&M both again? I would love that. Coop says that's why MSU fired Howland, because basketball was not fun anymore. Exactly. Hope it is now. Williams says, I know nothing about basketball. Seems to me Ole Miss should be better than they are. The roster is good enough to make the tournament comfortably this year. The, the Well, uh, no, 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 no. There's a couple of pieces on that roster that, if managed correctly, can have them in the NCAA tournament. That's more accurate. That is more accurate. Morell and Ruffin, if used correctly, can carry a team to the NCAA tournament if they stay healthy. Absolutely, they can. Some of it is lack of care. Some of it is... uh, not being, um, not having the right shoe connections, um, not as many basketball players in this state, and the ones that exist get those offers to to go to bigger schools, and it's it's a lot. History also 
uh, not just basketball history, but history has hurt them in the past. Those kind of things. I mean, you saw when all those coaches got arrested, what it, what getting those great players, what it took to recruit to basketball. And, you know, that infrastructure wasn't in place at Ole Miss. The facilities were a joke. Uh, it was just a lot. They're, they still have um, some issues, but the the NIL situation at Ole Miss is is shockingly good. And again, state fans, I feel like I'm piling on with this. I, I don't mean to. I hope you guys know where where my mind is coming from. This is again, this is just something that I, I don't think is disputable. Uh, Ole Miss is ahead of Mississippi State rather significantly right now in NIL capability. I don't think that's arguable. State needs to to get on their horse if they want to catch Ole Miss in terms of what they can do on that front. They're trying. I, I know that's uh, something got. Uh, released, uh, what, last week, two weeks ago? Maybe a little bit longer. Um, so they've got a collective going, but in terms of capabilities, one is significantly ahead of the other at the moment. So, yeah, but you're exactly right. Auburn shows how fun basketball can be. That environment is absolutely insane in a place that has not cared about basketball. Just be fun. You don't have to be great. Just be fun. Texas A&M, that's right. I mean, Texas 8-4, and four, excuse me. Coop says all three. I just wanted to sound like an LSU fan for once and pop off at the mouth. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, anyway, I appreciate you guys. Uh, if you missed, like, you know, why you're here, um, when the video ends, just restart it. And I have a little mini kind of rant at the beginning uh, talking about how this stage of conference realignment is not ruining college football. In fact, it's enhancing. So check that out. Like the video if you haven't already. Please subscribe if you haven't already. I'll be back with you guys on Sunday night. Thank you so much for tuning in. And I'll see you guys again on Sunday night. Y'all have a good one. Talk Mississippi Media Production.